Hey everyone, welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts, Jordan Walk, along with Jerwin Wolf. Jerwin, uh, welcome to this week's episode. Great to be guest hosting with you, Jordan. Very excited. We got some uh, we got some spicy content for for the league this week. Yeah, I, I couldn't say it better myself. We have a ton of great stuff that we're going to go over. Uh, thanks, Nate and Jake, for letting us uh, letting us guest host this week. I hope that they're having a, a good time on their trips. How about we uh, we get into this uh, episode here, Jerwin? What was your biggest upset for last week? Sure. So I had obviously uh, Jake's fantasy baseball team beating out the positive vibes of uh, team positivity. Uh, no one saw this coming. Uh, I thought for sure, given my fresh new attitude, that I had this one in the bag. Um, but, you know, Jake, uh, Jake had a, a big week and, uh, you know, pulled, pulled it off. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we are a positive, uh, positive podcast this week, especially. I'm going a different route, though. I mean, clearly that was a big upset. But I actually have Sam going 2-0 over Brendan. Nobody saw this coming. Sam had been struggling for a few weeks now. Brendan had been really playing well and playing consistently. Was very surprised to see Sam not only beat Brendan, but also beat the league median. What about, uh, what about your most shocking outcome? Uh, I actually picked that one for my most shocking yeah. outcome. Uh, it was, um, I think I said in in a group chat, you and I and Jake have, it was probably like Wednesday or Thursday. I said, wow, I can't wait for Sam to go 2-0 and the week he sells his team. And lo and behold, here we are, 2-0 and after giving up all of his players. Uh, let's see if he can uh, repeat that with, with a brand new cast of cast of uh contributors yeah uh as we're, we're gonna get into it a little bit in the trade talk but sam really selling off the off the good players this week my most shocking outcome comes out of justin and nick's matchup i was very very surprised that neither of these teams finished above the medium these two teams have consistently been among the best of the best competing um in the top three of the east division very surprised to see that none of them uh, beat out the, the league median here. But after that, like I was talking about the, the, uh, the East Division, let's get into the top three standing update in the East Divisions to uh, nobody's surprise that it's still the same. Uh, Jake's fantasy baseball team coming in uh, at 14-2, and two, giving himself some distance after going 0-2 uh, the week before. Second comes Justin's team, JC, at 11-5. and five. And in third place, we have Pine Run Market Knicks team at 10 and 6. West Division, though, we had a pretty big shakeup. I think there's going to be a lot of shakeups here for the rest of the season. Courtney's still leading the way, Team C Deemer at 13 and 3. Uh, Nate climbing up into that second seed, number one contender, 10 and 6, with a great matchup with uh, Big Money Mike, who actually follows him in third place. Big Money Mike's in 9 and 7. Um, Brendan falls out of the top three, I think. Well, he's actually tied with, uh, with Mike at nine and seven, but Mike currently has the uh, points for tiebreaker. I think this is going to be an incredible race to watch here. I think I'm very excited to see how this finishes, um, see if any of these teams can catch Courtney. She has a, a three-game lead or one and a half weeks, as I, as I like to call it. Uh, it's going to be a great battle. It's going to be a great battle. But, man, we had a ton of trades this week. 
And I'm ready to really dig into some analysis, um, especially hanging out with Jerwin, the, uh, the he- I would argue maybe the headliner of the week. We'll get into that first. Um, we actually have a trade between us, Jerwin. I give up starting Marte and you gave up Max Muncy. What were your, your thoughts or reasoning behind doing this deal? Sure. Yeah. Just uh, this leads into the next trade, which, you know, the headliner you alluded to, uh, I was in need of a, a center fielder um, and I had a little bit of depth in the infield that I could play with. And I think, I think Max Muncy is great. I think it's entirely possible that he's going to outperform Starling Marte for the rest of the season. But I think, um, I guess spreading those points around uh, taking advantage of my depth and, and adding something at center field is, is going to be beneficial for me. And I'm sure beneficial for you as well, picking up uh, a guy like Muncie. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally really liked this deal for me. I mean, obviously I love starting Marte, um, but I have Laureano in center field, but I was really struggling with, um, I just needed a, a really good bat, as they talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. I think I was in like 10th or something for hitting. So I needed that top-tier guy, um, a lot of eligibility. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But, yeah, overall, I think we both got a position of need. Um, getting into the next one, though, uh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this one, Jerwin. I'm excited to dig into this one. Uh, Sam giving up Trey Turner. Rich Hill and Aaron Nola, Jerwin giving up uh, Nick Senzel, Luis Patino, and the Corbin Burns. Now, whenever I, I first saw this trade, uh, I thought that our, the previous trade that I talked about was going to be like the headline of the day. I didn't know that you had a follow-up to that. And I was, messaging, uh, I was messaging Jake about it afterwards. And I was thinking like uh, Joker from The Dark Knight. I was thinking, you know, nobody... Nobody panics if things go according to plan. I think if you see <laughs> if you see Jake get this deal, if you see Courtney, Nate, JC, uh, I don't think anyone really bats an eye on this. Like I think obviously Sam got a great return in Corbin Burns, um, but nobody was expecting Jerwin currently. I think at the time you were tenth in the league to give up the arguably the best keeper in the league, um, and to the team right in front of you and get two of their best players, Jerwin, um, what explain what happened to me. All right. So uh, first and foremost, I want to say I do not check the trade block and I, I get the emails for it, but I think partly because I get emails for it and I hate getting emails, I just kind of ignore the trade block for the most part. So I didn't even know that Sam had like put like his best players on the block. But as a coincidence, I texted him and I think this was actually the week prior I texted him. I was like, hey, if you get to the point where you're selling Turner and Merrifield because I I, again I needed a center fielder Um, like I want to be a part of that conversation he was like okay let me know what your keepers are and I sent him a list of keepers and I said like who my keepers that I don't want to trade are and he said well I want those (laughs) 
namely Corbin Burns. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a pretty good negotiation. He was like, well, I don't like any of the keepers you said you want to trade, but I would pay a lot for Corbin Burns, as I'm sure plenty of people would. Um, and then I said, if I get, if I give up Corbin, I need Nola. And we went back and forth and back and forth. It was, it was funny. The, the talks had like died down a little bit. And I was like, oh, I'm willing to wait. We'll see like how things shake out in the next couple, uh, next week or two, maybe come back and see if there's more interest. Um, then you and I were talking about Muncie and Starling Marte, and I was like, well, maybe I don't need a center fielder now. And I texted Sam again, and I was like, hey, would you just do Nola and Turner for Burns? And he was like, yeah. And so I was like, perfect. And then I sent you the trade for uh, Muncie and Marte, and then I sent him the trade for Burns and and uh, Turner and Nola. And then he texted me again, and he's like, "Could you like, could I like add one more person to get to Patino?" And I was like, "I had this all planned out, Sam. And now you're gonna go ahead and pull my arm. I had this great day ahead of me." But um, yeah, and then we, we just worked on it a little bit more for like 10 or 15 minutes and, and uh, you see the, uh, the final product. Uh, a, a note, I picked up Senzel on waivers. So he's back on my team. So I didn't even trade him wow. at all. <laughs> um, I think this is dangerous, dangerous for Jerwin because the boys are back in town. Aaron Nola, Jerwin's baby, is back. Um, he has he has Jesse Winker, he has uh, Lucas Giolito, he has Aaron Nola. I'm fully expecting a trade for Joey Gallo and uh, Sean Newcomb wherever he is. Um, but the boys are back, so Jerwin, uh, watch out, watch out for Jerwin. Uh, positive vibes from here on out. Yes, team I... positivity being very positive. Now I'm going to, we're going to get into Sam's next trade. Sam giving up Manny Machado and Whit Merrifield. Um, Nick over the Pine, Pine Run Market giving up Chris Sale, Mike Clevinger, and Cabrian Hayes. Um, I arguably, I think this was probably my least favorite of Sam's deals. Um, I'm just not a huge subscriber to the fan, to the idea of getting all of the injured players and injured pitchers and hoping that they pan out. Um, especially as we, as we see with Noah Syndergaard getting injured, re-injured again this week after he was kept. I just think it's too big of a risk for me. Um, obviously, Hayes is going to be great. He's a very late keeper. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't a huge fan of this one. Jerwin, what were your thoughts? I mean, that's just my personal opinion, but obviously there's some value and potential, but a lot of risk associated with it too. Sure. I, I think I agree with all of that. Um, certainly the upside of Chris Sale and Clevenger and Hayes are, are pretty high and Hayes could come back this season. And oh, he's a, I think he's off. maybe like two weeks or something like that. So he'll definitely be back. Yeah. So um, those guys could certainly um, have an impact for, for Sam in the future. Um, but yes, there is absolutely that risk and that volume concern that when they do come back they're not going to see as many innings or um 
you know, be held back in, in some regard. Um, I think the, the shocking thing for me here is, well, maybe not shocking, but Nick trading away his keepers, though he started the season selling off right away. Um, I think uh, off the back of, you know, you started on the podcast saying you really like Nick's team, despite the fact that he was selling. Um, I came on the next week and agreed with you and said, like, there's a chance that he could just flip these keepers that he's been compiling and and put together a a scary team uh down the stretch and lo and behold he goes ahead and does it so yeah getting two really elite bats in machado and wood merrifield who i believe has like five different positions of eligibility you can plug him in just about anywhere um getting a transitioning over to the next trade talking again about an injured pitcher uh big money mike giving up luis severino sam giving up zach granke um, again, we talked about it. A huge upside pitcher in Luis Severino, um, injured. Um, I think, I mean, I obviously like what Sam is doing, getting all these pitchers. It's just very, very risky, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's, he's doing the, the same thing that we've seen in the past with just putting together the largest list of keepers he can and then yeah. whoever works out works out because he's only going to be able to keep five of these guys that is true shoot did we go up to six no it's i think it's five five in the uh expansion right 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 okay yeah yeah that is a good point he's only got so much to work with yeah um get into the next one this was a, a pretty massive deal in terms of volume uh sam giving up sunny gray mark canna mike moustakis kyle hendricks Raziel Iglesias, uh, Justin, giving up Brandon Nimmo, Alex Reyes, Dylan Cease, Nathan Ivaldi, and Justin Turner. I uh, I really like this one for Sam. Um, I think that he's given up a bunch of guys who are having up and down years, pretty like inconsistent at times. I think he's getting a great keeper in Dylan Cease um, and a lot of guys that he can plug in to help him stay competitive the rest of the year as well. Yeah, I think I agree here. Not surprised to see Justin trading more than four players at the same time. Not at all. But um, yeah, I think on the return that Justin's getting here, Mark Kana is is perhaps the one that I'm most confident in. He's been having a good year, and I think yeah. he's um, shown that it's it's not just fluky or anything. He's actually been just performing well overall, but the rest of the, the rest of the guys, Sonny Gray, Kyle Hendricks, Iglesias, Moustakis, um, they're, they're definitely more on the risky end and Justin will be, will be hoping for the upside that they can yeah. provide. All right. We got our uh, last trade of the week. Jake's fantasy baseball team giving up Jamison Tyon and Tyler Chatwood and Brendan, the uh, Soto Shuffle, giving up Kenta Maeda and Jordan Romano. Um, honestly, I think pretty even. I think both teams um, getting some value. Um, with a couple injury-prone injury players and Tyon and Kenta Maeda. Um, but, you know, Jake loves Jordan Romano, so I'm interested to see how this goes. But overall, I'd say pretty even. Yeah, I don't have much more to add there. Um, 
certainly just gonna be one that we'll we'll see how good it was once we see how good they perform for each team. Yeah, and um, we had our first players reach the trade limit um, of eight. I think Mike actually passed that um, in his deal with uh, in his deal with Sam. Jerwin, I know that you're gonna get upset with me saying this. But I'm slowly becoming abolished for trade limit. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll come out and say it on the podcast. With the trend that we've seen of teams selling early in the year, uh, last year with me, this year, uh, bond, like three teams doing it, um, all before the end of May it feels like the trade deadline is already dead. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, I mean, I don't, I don't know in the couple of years I've, I've been in this league, like the, the one uh, year I was on vacation during the deadline. Um, the other one, we didn't have a deadline. So I've never experienced this quote unquote panic trade deadline where trades are flying left and right or whatever. But I think that, last year having like the five week season or whatever it was really just killed the trade deadline because last in years past, I've always been like a marathon, not a sprint marathon, not a sprint marathon, not a sprint type of guy. Um, And then we see last year. Okay. In two weeks, you need to find out if your team is good or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we saw a ton of that uh, carry over into this year. Um, and but on the other hand i could see like a, a a top team like like jake or courtney or nate or something wanting to keep the the uh the limit because every every trade above eight they're getting five dollars added into the pot sure um but yeah that's just something that's been on my mind especially like last week seeing we are uh, week nine now we're memorial day weekend and we already have people at the uh above the trade limit i mean wow i don't know uh, yeah i think i think it started i can't remember if it was 2018 or 19 but nate sold like a week or two before the deadline just because he he felt like he didn't want to wait and he wanted to you know try and get the best keepers before anyone else got a shot at them um turns out especially with the higher limit we have this year that's a pretty good strategy if you can if you can come out and you're already not confident in your team and you just want to nab the best keepers before anyone else gets a chance at the deadline that's a pretty good advantage it is uh, a good advantage um but i see i feel like you're also limiting yourself because you don't see the breakout keepers. So if you sell in mid-April, you're selling on last year's good keepers. Whereas if you sell in July, you're selling on last year's keepers and this year's keepers for an extra year of control. Sure, yeah. There's there's probably like a sweet spot if you want to try and sell early. Um, like I agree with you there. If you go too early, you're not waiting to find out who's going to be like the top end of the guys who were just drafted for the first time this year. It's going to be, 
it's going to be guys who were who were already kept the prior season. Um, but there's there's probably a sweet spot in there where some of those guys have already emerged to start the year, and you can you can rely on that and it's not just like the first two weeks they happen to do good and then you you sell for them and then they suck again yeah i agree with that um yeah so let's uh let's transition into this new segment titled the uh the death of me new segment analyzing the top three teams in each division looking at what we believe could be their biggest weakness right now or what we perceive could be the death of them and preventing them from ultimately taking home the trophy at the uh, at the end of the year, so we're just going to go down and take a look at the uh, top sixteen top six teams overall, top three in each division. First, uh, I'm going to start off with Jake, and I know that Jake has subscribed subscribed to the idea that relief pitching does not matter as much, but um, I think that his relief pitchers could really end up being the death of him. Um, Kendall Graveman on the IL currently, uh, Jake does not have a single. Uh, healthy relief pitcher in the top 35 and I know he made a deal for Jordan Romano earlier this week but is a top relief pitcher needed for Jake to take the next step yeah um, I, I'm sort of in the same camp as Jake on relief pitching uh, I think I've over the offseason kind of s- seen the light despite having drafted Edwin Diaz um, in like the middle rounds but it's certainly true that if you come out of the draft with a weak reliever core, you're, you're not going to be hurting too bad because new and viable relievers are going to emerge um, very quickly uh, throughout the season. Um, but sure. If, if he doesn't have a complete team, then he's, he's vulnerable. And yeah. Uh, anything can happen in, in the playoffs if if he gets hurt in the starting pitcher area in the playoffs or his hitters take a hit no pun intended um he's not gonna have you know that that third aspect of of the team to back him up yeah i'm moving on to courtney i'm just saying depth for courtney's team her starting lineup her starting pitching is all outstanding um but in my opinion, her bench leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, today she dropped Keston Kira finally um, for Devin Williams, who I can't stand. Um, but she also has Pirates star and ace JT Brubaker, which really makes me wonder um, how she's valuing these, these low-end roster spots and how she'll be able to continue to be elite uh, if she has another injury or two like she does with Mike Trout. Um, are these going to be an issue or is Courtney going to continue to roll? I think it, it remains to be seen, but depth is, uh, I, I'll add to that, that if she sees injuries, uh, it's going to hurt her, but not having depth can also hurt her in the trade department, especially closer yeah. to the deadline. If she doesn't have uh, room to work with, so to speak, uh, on the bench to, you know, trade trade spots that she does have for spots that she doesn't have, then that could be a major issue. Yeah, I completely agree. Moving on to uh, Justin, JC. I have two positions here, right field and second base. And Justin actually uh, updated his 
his trade block, I think, yesterday explaining that he needed these positions. Joey Gallo entering last week as right fielder 29 and Gene Zagura entering second base 27. Is the uh, lack of production from these two positions going to really hold Justin back? Yeah, I think uh, any hole that you have outside of maybe like catcher, since everyone's just about is going to have a hole at catcher. Any any hole that you have in your offense or starting pitching, uh, it, it's going to have an effect. Sure, you could get to the playoffs and you could get lucky and you know stream a guy who who helps you get the win. But uh, certainly, teams like Courtney, Jake, and and those guys, Nate, I think also I would put up there. Um, who just don't really have an obvious weakness, uh, you're you're never going to be the favorite over those guys in, in the long term. Yeah. Yeah, those are very good points. Moving on over to uh, the Pine Run Market, Nick's team. Um, it's starting pitching for me, and we've heard it time and time again. You can never have too much starting pitching. Um, but his, his SPRP eligible players are really boosting him uh, especially like Rodon and Pavetta, but uh, his starters really, I think, leave a lot to be desired. Uh, and currently on his bench right now, he only has Cisco Sanchez, uh, who's currently in the minors rehabbing injury. Um, and he also has a ton of starting pitcher injuries on the IL right now. Um, does Nick need a few, a few uh, starting pitchers in the next couple of weeks to avoid this being the death of his team? It's certainly possible. I think I would put this in the same category as Justin. Um, it it hasn't affected him too much so far this year, but having a weakness is going to put you a tier below the teams that don't have an apparent one. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for me with Nick's team at the moment is that like he literally has no none on his bench. And so you can't swap out for a two-star pitcher. You can't swap out for a matchup. So that's where I get concerned. I mean, obviously, we've heard it. I love Nick's team. I was on board like week three or four whenever I hopped on this podcast earlier. But that's just the biggest concern, in my opinion, Um, because none of the guys really on his team um, are those guys like a a top-tier ace where you rule them out week after week regardless of the matchup. that's where I get slightly concerned. Moving on to number one contender, Nate. Um, I just need a utility spot out of him. He's been stressing first base for a while, but I don't think that's his biggest weakness. Jared Walsh has been uh, very well so far. He's, um, he's settled into first base for him, um, but he's been trouble matching up and figuring out this utility spot with uh, Anthony Rendon struggling and Nelson Cruz struggling. Uh, as of the last couple of weeks, he's been starting Ian Happ who actually at the moment had a lower points per game than Gregory Polanco. Uh, does Nate need literally anyone to start uh, in this spot? Yeah, I guess utility is not a spot that I don't think any of us really think of a ton, but it sort of goes to the depth question of if, if you can't fill a spot that literally anyone can go into, um it certainly shows a weakness not necessarily on your team as a whole but on your bench 
probably um, not being able to to plug that final hole. Yeah, moving on uh, to the last team in this uh, in this segment, I'm looking at Big Money Mike, and I really see a hole in center field. Since acquiring him via a trade, Mike has started Dylan Carlson at center field the last couple of weeks. Uh, currently, he's sitting at center field 36 in points per game. However, he is uh, center field 22 in total points. So a little bit of a difference, but not much better. Um, he had a ton of flexibility in the outfield with Verdugo's triple eligibility, but does big money Mike need to make another trade, pay more money for a reliable center fielder? Uh, with... With Verdugo having triple eligibility, maybe not a center fielder necessarily, but if the best you have is Dylan Carlson out there in center field, even swapping, I I don't know if he has other eligibility in the outfield, Um, but even having to fill a spot, be it left field, right field, center field, with, with a guy like Dylan Carlson, it definitely is not a gaping hole, but again, certainly something that pushes you to that second tier of competition. Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree. But yeah, just uh, going back, we have uh, Jake relief pitching, coordinate depth, Justin right field and second base, Nick starting pitching, uh, Nade utility, and Mike center field. So yeah, that was the uh, death of me. Uh, segment i hope you guys enjoyed it uh next we're gonna have jerwin going over his hot or cold takes jerwin take it away all right so i'm very excited for this segment because i get to just swing for the fences and jordan can either shoot me down or agree with me uh because i am 100 correct on all of these so uh hot or cold i'm going to give my takes for each team uh in in our league and Jordan is going to tell me if that is a hot take or a cold take. And Jordan, for the audience, uh, what are you defining as a hot take and a cold take? Yeah, so if I, if I say hot take, I'm thinking, uh, while bold, I'm going to be agreeing with it. Uh, if, if, I, if I think that Jerwin's take is cold, um, basically just I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see it. So, yeah. All right. So here we go. We will start with... Uh, a combo of two teams, uh, Jake's fantasy baseball team and team C Deemer. Uh, my take, the Deemer dynasty will continue and we will see another duel of the Deemers in the championship round of the playoffs. This is a cold take. Um, I think that either one of these teams could falter. I think that um, Justin's team or Nick's team, very capable. I think Courtney has a tough run to the, uh, the finals this year i think that mike and nate and brendan or whoever gets that wild card spot are really going to give her a run for them for her money um are they going to be able to overtake her i don't know but i definitely don't think uh i think that we're going to have a different a different battle all right That's spicy opinion there uh disagreeing with me right off the bat even though i'm 100 percent correct on all of these Moving on to JC, uh, my take is JC will get hit by an MLB crackdown on foreign substances, which he in which he loses Trevor Bauer to a suspension. This is another freezing cold take. Uh, 
There are no rules. Major <laughs> League Baseball does not care. They've said, oh, we're going to investigate. And I'm pretty sure Trevor Bowers had a couple balls, suspect or whatever. They don't care. Um, just like how NHL doesn't care about player safety. They just don't care if you cheat unless, uh, unless it's a sign-stealing scandal, which all, everyone also does. Well, uh, w- w- time will tell. Uh, I, I know I, I've seen a lot of uh, YouTube videos recently, like uh, Rich Eisen, guys like that on their, uh, you know, their special YouTube podcasts or whatever they're doing these days, uh, talking a lot about this uh, cheating stuff and foreign substances. And I think we'll get into that uh, a little later on the podcast as well. So we'll save some of that discussion for then. Uh, moving on to number one contender, early season trades have given high expectations to Nate's team, but maybe they're not the juggernaut everyone sees them as. Um, some uh, underperformances uh, over over a few weeks, uh, good weeks and poor weeks. Uh, certainly certainly not a a full streak in there of of bad outings but my take nate's team will end up fighting for a wild card spot at the end of the regular season and see a first round exit in the playoffs this year uh i'm agreeing with majority of this hot take i don't think that nate will be fighting for a wild card spot i think he'll be he'll easily be top three in his division but um, I love Mike, big money Mike. Um, I think that he's going to give him a ton of fits if they are the 2-3 seed. Um, but, I mean, if, if, if he does catch Courtney, um, I think he might not have any trouble in the wild card round. But I could definitely see Nate losing in the first round. I said it after, after his big Shane Bieber deal. It seems like we're on a uh, – it's a never-ending circle with Nate where he um, he has a really good team. He makes a complete blockbuster deal that everyone freaks out saying that he won. Um, and he has this insane team all year. And then he loses to an inferior team. And that will not change this year. All right. So another another spicy take off the back of mine. All right, we can move on now then to Pine Run Market. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Jordan was the first to talk about how high he was on his on this team, followed by uh, several other hosts on the podcast who eventually caught onto the train. Uh, my take, Nixie's continued success from his team of unlikely heroes and passes not only JC, but Jake also in the standings by season's end. Absolutely cool take. Um, Nick is currently four games back or two weeks back of, of Jake, um, assuming that he goes 2-0 every week, basically. Um, I think that he's going to run out of time because we know that Jake isn't going to slow down, so he's going to have to win. Um, he's going to have to go 2-0, basically, I would say, close to every week because we know that Jake is going to have a lot of 2-0 weeks in there. I don't, I don't see it happening. I think that Nick will comfortably make the playoffs, but I don't know about winning the division. All right. Well, on to big money. Mike, your boy. This one is pretty simple. Mike has already reached 
the already elevated trade limit this year and made one trade beyond that. My take, Mike will pay more money in trade fees than the league dues by the trade deadline. 100% correct. Uh, I would not be surprised. We are on week nine and the deadline, it's late July. I think I can't remember the exact day. I I would go as far to say Mike will double his league entry fee, $50 in trade fees. Mike, don't let me down. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, a hot take on top of a even hotter take. Heard it here first, folks. Moving on then to Brendan's team, the Soto Shuffle. Uh, Brendan has received much praise on the podcast, and it is certainly well-deserved. He has historically been an underrated team who gets off one upset in the playoffs and exits stage left. This year, however, he will make it to the championship off the back of a phenomenal managerial performance. I'm going to say uh, I think this is a cold take. Um, I think it depends maybe on which, ma- which region he gets into because he's currently uh, wild card one right now. Based on the standings, he'd end up in the West Division. Uh, going through Courtney, Nate, Mike, that is a gauntlet of teams. Uh, and I just think that he's going to have to string together a lot of really good weeks together. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's more than capable, but I don't personally see it happening. All righty. Well, moving on to your team, Jordan, Kenny Ross, Mercedes. Um, this is a take that I had way before this segment on the podcast and Jordan has yet to let it come to fruition. I said a long time ago, Dylan Bundy would be a drop in our league by mid season. Jordan, why won't you drop him and give that spot to a, a real starting pitcher? Uh, I think it's mainly because this year, uh, We've with the expansion, I think that there's a lot less uh, good waiver wire pitchers. So I'm just hoping that that Bundy figures out how to be a top ten pitcher again. Um, but yeah, mainly stubbornness, combination of both. I think. Um, yeah, just the the lack of depth of starting pitching on the waiver wire. Now that we've added two more teams, has been really tough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I will uh, never let let it go that you drafted him though and i was right we'll see moving on now to uh sam's weak pullout hitter team as we know sam has sold his team but this week he went two and oh with his old players my take sam will swindle a wild card spot from a team who had a slower start with a late season keeper fueled push yeah i uh I am very afraid of this happening as I, I think I'm either tied or one game ahead of Sam right now, but I definitely think it's possible. I think Stan, Sam still really has a good team uh, led by Corbin Burns. Now um, he still has a lot of good players there. And it's definitely, even though he's just uh, one game in the, in the rear view window, I definitely am fearful of him overtaking me at this point. Sure. Uh, and it, it goes, goes without saying that in this league especially 
uh, given that it's not a dynasty league, sometimes, most of the time, when you're trading for keepers, you're getting players who are still performing right yeah. now for the most part. Uh, Corbin Burns, an obvious, an obvious example. Um, but I think uh, a lot of the other guys, he did go with a bunch of, you know, injured players. But if, if they come back on a per game basis, they could they could uh, pull off some upsets down the stretch. For I some. agree. All right. Uh, on to my team, team positivity. With the old attitude gone and the positive vibes reigning supreme, Team Positivity is now in position to claim a top three spot in the division and avoid the wild card altogether. Freezing cold take. And obviously, I am a subscriber to the positive vibes um, that's going on over there. I just think that Nick has too big of a lead at this point, and it'll be too difficult to overcome especially since um, we still have a lot of crossover weeks left. I think um, N- Nick currently has a, uh, a six-game or three-week advantage over you. I, I think that you'll run out of time. Maybe you could be close, but I just think uh, you'll, you're counting on an epic collapse from Nick. Well, to be fair, I did say 100% of my takes are correct here. And that's true. if that's true... I would be passing JC for the last spot in the top three because I already said that uh oh, that's true. market would, would pass uh Jake. So we gotta we gotta see how far I have to catch uh, JC for this. All right, so you are uh you're six games. No, you're seven behind JC. So you have a lot of catching up to do. Piece of cake. All right. Uh, I'm gonna end the segment with another uh double take as i started with uh jake and courtney's team uh gone forever and team no name uh these two teams are sitting at the bottom of the barrel but in a keeper league there is always hope my take eddie and scott will manage themselves into playoff spots next season in the year 2022 yeah i think i think the first year in the league is always so tough you're not sure uh strategy you're not sure um how to feel different people out. I think besides Nick being the exception, I think, um, I think that they'll easily bounce back next year, especially uh, now that they have a feel for how the league works, how keepers work. I'm expecting big things out of them. Sure. And I, I would note that I am, I'm sitting on the podcast right now with someone who did just that, who came into the league, had a rough first season, but then the year after uh, had a really strong year, killed my team entirely uh in in what is known as the the sunday jordan um but yeah uh, and that will conclude all of the hot takes uh thank you jordan for uh putting in my me in my place and being wrong about most of my takes uh because these are in fact 100 percent correct. all right let's get into the uh week nine matchup preview uh very excited for this the crossover week um this week based off on where the standings are. Uh, so give me your best matchup, Jerwin. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure we probably have the same one. It, it's hard to avoid picking team C Deemer versus Jake's fantasy baseball team. The, the battle of uh, husband and wife. Um, it's, 
the top two teams in both divisions, top two teams in the standings overall. Um, it's going to be high scoring, lot at lot at stake, um, and we finally get to see who is the better team of the two because they haven't played yet this year. So we we finally get to see these two teams meet up. Yeah, like you said, I have the exact same matchup: Team C Demer versus Jake's Fantasy Baseball Team. I mean, how can you not love a matchup where the loser has to sleep on the couch for a week? Um, this is cream of the crop. Uh, when you think about top teams in this league, you consistently think about Jake and Courtney. Um, you know, one of them has won at least the last three, maybe four. I can't remember that far back, but consistent firepower. I'm really excited for this one. Um, what about worst matchup? Who are you thinking for that one, Jerwin? I'm going to take uh, my matchup team positivity versus uh, weak pull out hitter. Uh, I think. Uh, given the the shakeup and the trades and my unrelenting positive vibes, uh, I, I think I'll take this one handily on my way to another victory and the the third spot in the division. Obviously, yeah, it's it's interesting because I picked my matchup as well. My matchup against uh, Soto Shuffle versus Kenny Kenny Ross Mercedes, not because I think it's going to be a blowout in either direction. But um, it's just in terms of other storylines this week, it's kind of uh, low key boring. Like, you know, you have the, the sixth place game, the two new two of the new guys, seeing who's able to come out on top of that one. Um, and your matchup against weak pullout hitter, uh, the, the big trade game, who's going to come out on top of there? Third place, um, the, uh, the cousins, big money Mike and Pine Run Market. There's some bad blood there. Um, we got the uh, number one contender versus JC. Um, Justin being the uh, best man in Nate's wedding. I think there's going to be firepower there. And then the husband and wife duo. Um, and that leaves where, where uh, are Brendan and I following, falling into that one. So that's why I picked worst matchup for that one. But let's get into these predictions. Uh, although Nate and Jake aren't here, they say, still uh, submitted their picks. So let's get into this, uh, the sixth place game. The, uh, the bottom of the standings at the moment, Gone Forever versus Team No Name. Uh, Nate and Jake both picked Eddie. I'm following them on that one, taking Eddie. Jaron, what about you? Uh, I am going to go against the flow here and take Team No Name. Gonna, Scott going to get his first win in the league uh, against uh, an equal opponent. We'll All right, we are uh, rooting for you in that one, Scott. Always good to get the first win under the belt. In the, uh, in the fifth place game, we pull out hitter and team positivity. Uh, we have Nate and Jake both picking Jerwin. I'm also riding with Jerwin's revamped team, team positivity. I'm going to ride with the positive vibes. Can never go wrong with those. Can never go wrong with that, except all four of us uh, picked that, picked you to win this matchup. So congratulations, Sam, for probably winning this matchup. <laughs> the uh, fourth place game, Soto Shuffle versus me, Kenny Ross Mercedes. Nate taking Brendan's side, Jake picking my side. Uh, I'm side with Nate. I'm picking Brendan in this one. I think he had a bad week last week. I think he bounces back in a big way. Well, I am going to uh, transfer some of my my unstoppable positive vibes over to you and pick you, Jordan, in this matchup to pull off the upset against uh, Brendan's team. Wow, what a great guy. Um, we have the third place game. Teams in uh, 
floating in third place in their standings in the division right now. Big Money Mike, Pine Run Market. Uh, we have Nate and Jake both riding with Mike in this one. Uh, I'm, I'm riding with them as well. Um, as we know, I'm a big Nick fan, but I'm also a big Big Money Mike fan, so I'm riding with Big Money Mike in this one. Jerwin. Uh, that is tough, but I, for me, I'm going to run with uh, Pine Run Market, the good old, the, the PRM. There we go. Uh, good job, Jerwin, preventing all four of us from picking the same team in that one. We got the uh, second place game. Teams right on their tail. We have a number one contender versus JC. Nate picking against himself. He's taking Justin. Jake is picking Nate. Uh, I am also picking Justin. I think that uh, Nate having 12 certs last week puts him in a slight hole in terms of total certs this week. So I'm taking Justin. Jerwin, who you got? I am going to break the tie and take Justin in this one. Okay, there we go. Uh, for the uh, both of our best matchups, we have the first place game, husband and wife battling it out. Uh, team C. Deemer versus Jake's fancy baseball team. Nate taking Jake. Jake picking himself. Very humble of you, Jake. Uh, I am also picking Jake here, I think. Joe Musgrove showing up in Sunday's game. Uh, hurts Courtney. I think that the Mets game on Sunday Night Baseball getting postponed really helps Jake here. DeGrom probably going two starts. Jerwin, who you got? I'm going to take uh, C. Deemer. You know, the Bible says wives submit to your husbands but it doesn't say anything about losing to them in fantasy so well it is interesting that um Courtney has kicked uh Jake's butt in the playoffs but Jake actually has had a lot of success against Courtney in the regular season history uh repeats itself but uh every once in a while there's a surprise as you and I are well aware that's true that's true. We, uh, that's why they play the games, as they say, in the sports world. Let's get around to, uh, in the Around the League segment, I, I, we do have a League History Fact of the Week. Uh, in League History, Kila, or I don't know how you pronounce her name, has the highest ever score for a Week 9 performance at 368.4 points, defeating my co-host Jerwin 368.4 to 190. Congratulations to her. Jerwin, uh, what went wrong that week? Do you remember? Well, if I had to guess, I think this was the season that I drafted Kershaw and Bumgardner in the first and second round, something like that. And they uh, both got mistake. hurt before they both got hurt before the season started. That was the uh, infamous dirt bike season. Ah, uh, the Madison dirt bike Bumgardner. year, yes. Uh, so I'm going to blame it on that and say that I was missing my two aces. Yeah. And uh, no other excuse. Also, I, I was really negative at the time. That's so true. Team positivity. A whole really new mindset. Of course. Let's, uh, let's get into the sports book. I'm uh, very excited for this. Uh, people have been telling me that they've been loving the segment, so I appreciate that. Um, let's just get into the matchups right off the bat. Uh, we have two uh two sports book records actually this week we have the lowest total points um projected with eddie and scott's matchup at 423 um that beats jerowin versus then owner bomb um in week five at 430 points they hit the under in that matchup we also have the closest spread at uh mike versus nick's matchup at 0.27 and while that seems incredibly close obviously it is 
Um, the second closest was not much higher than this, also involving Mike against uh, Courtney in week three at 0.29. Mike was the favorite in that matchup and uh, covered by a landslide. That was the, the one week that Courtney really had a, a down week. Get into the locks. Uh, I am Mr. 3-2. and two. I won 3-2 and two again last week. Uh, now at a record of 23-12 and 12 overall. Um, I haven't, haven't hit that 5-0 and 0 record yet, but we are still giving winners on this show. Um, and I'm excited to announce that uh, my first lock, my favorite, I have Mike at negative 0.27. Nick, I apologize. You know how much I love you and appreciate you as a dog. But uh, I have to go with Mike in this one. I, I love his team. I love what he's put together. I think that it's going to be close, but I still think that Mike's going to end up on top. Uh, underdog, I have Brendan against me, plus 8.08. Uh, I think, like I said before, when we were going over picks, Brendan had a bad week last week. I think that he's going to bounce back huge. I think he's going to probably win this matchup outright. I think that's going to be uh, Brendan pretty easily. Uh, over, I'm uh, going back to Mike and Nick's matchup here. Mike versus Nick, over 517 points. I think that this is going to be a high-scoring, high-firepower matchup with Mike it always is, with Nick it always is. I'm excited to see these two Titans in third place go at it. Uh, under, I have Jerwin versus Sam. Jerwin, I have your matchup. Under 490 points. Um, just need to see it from you guys. I know that both of you had pretty good weeks last week, Jerwin. Just missing out on the median to, uh, to myself. But uh, I think Sam having a big week last week, I think he might regress a little bit. I think Jerwin's going to stay right around the median, but I'm taking overall, uh, I'm taking overall the under in this one. Uh, league median, once again, hit the under. It, is, uh, it has won a lot. I think it's only lost one time, and that was because of uh, Sunday Night Baseball screwing it over. Uh, 259 points. I am taking that all day. As I've said before, we are taking the under every single week. I hope that you all are too, uh, all, the, all the great fans out there. But yeah, that's a sports book. I'm going to come back probably with a 3-2 record, but who knows? Maybe we'll hit 5-0. and uh, Let's get over into news and notes though, Jerwin. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos had his cap removed from an appearance earlier last week, currently rostered on Team Cedemer. If he is caught to have had a foreign substance on his hat brim, what sort of punishment are we looking at for Courtney's team? Wins vacated, suspension from the playoffs, or does the commission of, the, of this league really just think that the trophy is a piece of metal? Uh, clearly just a piece of metal. We have yet to credit Jake's grandpa with her first championship. So I, I don't see what's going to change here. Um, given the fact that she has a, a cheater on her team um it is it's really a shame but you know that's the name of the game this year yeah i mean listen cheat uh as much as you can is what they what they say so let's uh let's talk about noah Syndergaard. noah Syndergaard was shut down for six weeks earlier last week for elbow inflammation he had tommy john surgery last year um uh, and actually was kept in our league this year for an 18th round pick and is eligible in the uh, 14th round pick next year. Is it time to reevaluate keeping pitchers uh, coming off Tommy John surgery without pitching at all? Uh, is it possible with, po- with the possibility that Cinder Guard doesn't pitch for a while, even if at all this year? Uh, 
Huh. I think uh, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier in the trade mm-hmm. talks. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to lean towards your camp where really taking these injured pitchers with a grain of salt. Sure, guys can come back and perform just fine, but in our league where we're limited by how many people we can keep and the round that they're kept in and just only being able to keep them for three years, uh, I think it really hinders a player, especially with how pitchers get treated in today's day and age. If someone's going to come off of injury, it's only going to be more limiting for them. Um, So I, I think whereas before picking up someone with a, with a big name uh, certainly carried value. I don't know that it, it does as much, at least not for me, uh, having seen how Syndergaard has been one of these guys for like the last, for, for a while now. He's had a lot of injury issues. Maybe it depends on the guy. Um, Syndergaard certainly has had injury, more than just this one injury issue before. But even guys like, you know, Severino, Clevenger, Sale, um, they they could certainly see a, see a hit to their value, uh, even keeping them that late in the draft. I, I just think it's there's going to be keepers with higher value out there that you could probably go for instead of these injured guys. Yeah, I completely agree. As I said uh, during the the trade portion of this episode. Uh, let's end it with Marcelo Zuna. Marcelo Zuna was arrested on Saturday for aggravated assault and misdemeanor battery family violence charges. It is yet another reminder that baseball players are supposed to hit baseballs, not women. I feel like sports always turn a semi-blind eye to this stuff. I feel like they get slapped on the wrist with a suspension or whatever. But uh, I was reading the reports a little bit, and it sounds pretty bad. Um, are we going to see him back anytime soon, if at all? Or what do you think is going to happen with this, Jerwin? Yeah, it's always it's always kind of up in the air. Like you said, it seems like sports like we've seen with the NFL and the MLB as well um, sort of maybe take out the kid gloves on these sometimes. But I, I agree, seeing some of the stuff that's come out about this has been um, – it doesn't look great. Uh, this could certainly go the way of um, – who was it? Ray Rice for the Ravens, uh, just an indefinite suspension. Um, yeah, so I think that's my take. And as I said before, all my takes are 100% correct on this podcast. That's true. Uh, actually, before we end, I'd like to bring up Mackenzie Gore because we cannot go an episode without talking about Mackenzie Gore. So I have to follow the tradition. Uh, Mackenzie Gore dropping in the rankings, um, according to uh, some sites. Um, is is this any reason to be concerned? Or is it just a small time thing? What are your thoughts, Jerwin? Uh, I I think I I would like to think I come down somewhere in the middle here. We we had a little bit of a discussion in the group chat about this when Ray uh, Nate pointed out he dropped like twelve spots in the Roto Wire rankings. I 
given his struggles and given that his struggles have come at uh from just moving up to triple a so reaching that higher level and then showing that he's maybe not up to the task it's certainly concerning and warrants a at least a discussion to drop him in your rankings i i have i I've been outed as a, a Gore fan, but I've been playing in a Dynasty League for a while, and so I'm I have a bit of experience with how prospects go. The prospect rankings are are like I said again in the, the group chat, they're really volatile in my experience, and they're not as predictive as i i think some of us might assume um that said if rotowire is going to drop mackenzie gore who is who was the number one for years and who performed consistently well uh throughout all the rest of his minor league experience if they're going to drop him 12 spots for a couple months where he's struggled and at coming off the back of a season where he just didn't have a minor league season and sure that's happened to everyone, but you know, it can affect different players differently. If they're going to drop him 12 spots, I don't think I want to use RotoWire for my rankings. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge minor league uh, rankings guy. I don't really pay a large amount of attention to it. But I do believe that sports are a uh, "what have you done for me lately" type of thing. I mean, what are you doing for me now? Not what have you done for me lately. Um, so, for because of that, I'm okay with it. Maybe twelve spots is a lot. I don't know. Um, but I do think that regardless of what ha- him moving up or whatever, clearly a struggle and. So for that, I would say uh, it warrants being uh, demoted in the rankings slightly. I, I, I totally understand dropping them slightly. Um, I feel like I probably have sort of wavered on my my opinions on him a little bit, but definitely not 12 spots. I just I just think that's a bit extreme. Yeah, well, that's all we got for this week's episode. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, Thanks, Nate and Jake, for asking us to come on here. We really enjoyed it, and we hope that you guys did too. Jero, anything before we we sign off? Keep the positive vibe strong, guys. It it works. Team positivity. um, It's coming for you. I'm, I'm definitely nervous, but all right. See you guys next week. Bye.